Thank you, Jesus. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Pastor Cameron Wright, and uh, you're in the right place this morning. <clears throat> so, if two wrongs don't make a right, what do two rights make? More rights. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> a few of us, um, uh, Sarah and Seth Gerber and Bill and Merrily Menzer and Tori and Peter Webb and Kathy and I and our two boys had the opportunity to go to Toronto this past week. Actually, last Sunday, right after service, we took right off. and We spent the last week in um, uh, uh, the annual Partners in Harvest Association of Churches uh, conference. And so we were with leaders, literally, from all over the world. Uh, as far south as Brazil, and uh, several from uh, Europe, a uh, young couple from China, <clears throat> have a church in Beijing, and uh, uh, it was just a wonderful time. I always love reconnecting with like-minded leaders uh, from many countries that are in the same flow of the Holy Spirit, uh, all carrying and reproducing the same values of God's Father heart message, intimacy with the Lord, uh, the restoration of our heart, soul, uh, our bodies through healing and expanding the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and, you know, it's hard. We were, you know, this year we were able to take a team. <clears throat> In the past many years, I've, I've just gone by myself. Uh, and it's as we were talking, it's really hard to communicate to you as a church, you know, this, this wonderful network that we're connected to and that we have people doing amazing, I mean, just stunningly amazing things in different parts of the country and and we're not in this alone we're part of a, a family of churches and today we have the privilege actually Fred right uh, last day of the conference said hey I'm driving out to California they're going to be living in California for a few months and and uh, they drive right through Kalamazoo he wanted to know if he could park his camper in my parking lot and I said for a hundred bucks <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I said, yeah, of course. I mean, if you're going to come and park in my parking lot, you're going to preach on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, Fred and Sharon uh, were the founding coordinators of Partners in Harvest. And uh, uh, for the last 15 years, literally have traveled over a million miles, right? <clears throat> All over the world and visiting churches and leaders and uh, uh, really spreading the fire of God's what God's doing. So we're just blessed to have them here. So I'm going to turn the mic over. Fred, come on up. Fred and or Sharon or both and share your heart. Give them a big hand. William. Well, it's really good to be back. Near as I can figure, it was about two months ago that we were here, and um, we had our truck, and it was loaded down with all sorts of stuff, and um, we dropped that off in California, spent a little bit of time there, and got back in our truck and drove back to Toronto. Now, that's four and a half long days. When I say long days, it's like 10, 11-hour days of driving. And, uh, and then we got on the plane and we went to Norway to visit some members of the family, of the Partner and Harvest family. And we had a regional, uh, regional event in which we had about 75 uh, leaders and pastors from all over Scandinavia there. Any of you come from a Scandinavian background? 
Yeah, there are a few of them usually in this area, scattered out from the Dakotas or Kansas all the way up through uh, Michigan someplace. And anyway, we, we visited that and had, an, had a profound time. And just uh, just about four days together with um, with leaders from Scandinavia, and probably the most incredible experience that I've had in worship happened during the time that we were there. And the Lord is really raising up Scandinavia as a worshiping part of the world. And I feel like in many ways there's going to be leadership uh, in the in the broader area of worship that's going to come from the Scandinavian countries. Because God has built into the soul of the Scandinavian peoples, uh, really worship at a profoundly deep level. But I'd like to tell you very briefly about one of the men that was there. His name's Helga, and he lives in a little tiny village in the central part of the southern part of Norway. And the Lord led him several years ago to, um, to get involved in ministering to the refugees that have come from the war-torn parts of the world in Central Asia. And a lot of them just fled that area and went to Norway as refugees, and they've made application for residence in Norway because it's safer for them. Anyway, he started inviting those refugees into his church to do what he calls cultural weekends. And uh, take too long to explain all the details about that, but um, what the cultural weekends look like. But he's led into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ 800 Muslims who have been baptized and are in the body of Christ now. It's an incredible way. And some of them have had to go back to places like Afghanistan and Iran and Iraq, and they've set up churches, house churches, kind of, hidden churches there, and he stayed in contact with them. But it's very exciting to see what God's doing. You know, and he was in a little tiny village. I don't think there's more than about 300 people in his village. Yeah. You know, and so he's led about 800 to the Lord. So it's a profound thing that God is doing throughout the earth. Any of you have any idea what this weekend is to Canadians? Okay, I heard it. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. And so if you see on the road on this weekend lots of Canadian license plates, you'll know that they've got a four-day weekend and they're heading out, and some of them are coming here to be with their family on what is now Thanksgiving weekend. Well, the last time I was here, I spoke on Thanksgiving, on thanks. And one of the things we looked at was a verse in, um, in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, where we read, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I just mentioned about the fact that we want to be in the will of God. One of the things that we want to understand is how important it is to be filled with thanksgiving. And I felt like, because of the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm here for a second time within a short period of time, this is my second in the series. <laughs> it's just there's kind of a gap between the first and the second. And we want to look a little bit more at this area of Thanksgiving because I think it's fantastic. And uh, if you have your Bible, could you turn to, um, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2? 
Because there's a very, very wonderful verse here. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 14, Paul says this, But thanks be unto God, who always leads us in his triumph in Christ, and manifests through us a sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. We notice that it starts off the verse, But thanks be unto God. But thanks be unto God, who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So what is he saying? Thanksgiving brings about a result. Thanks be unto God, who always leads us in his triumph in Christ, and manifests through us a sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And when when you and I are are actively involved in thanking God as as a... Uh, Just a matter of course. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we have that rotating through our heart, permeating our hearts. What Paul tells us is there's going to be a sweet aroma of the knowledge of Jesus kind of flowing out through us every place we go. Isn't that incredible? And so that's one of the primary things we find that Thanksgiving does. If we decide we're not going to grumble, we're going to thank there's going to be a different different thing that happens in our lives. Now, the interesting thing is, we back up here, we notice that it says, but, thanks be unto God. So, I, I learned when I was in Bible college, that when you see but, you need to look at what comes before. Because there's something on the contrary. And Paul says in verse 12, Now, when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ... And when a door was opened for me in the Lord, I had no rest for my spirit. Why? Not finding Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. And so what Paul is telling us here is that he was on his way, or when he got to Troas, he says there's a wide open door. There's kind of like revival going on in Troas, but there was a problem. Titus didn't show up, and Titus was supposed to show up in Troas. And Titus, interestingly enough, was, um, was the postman that carried the first Corinthian letter to Corinth. And Paul was eager to find out how the Corinthians received that first Corinthian letter, because he wrote some very, very direct things to bring correction. You know, and he gets to Troas, <laughs> And Titus, who he's supposed to meet in Troas, doesn't show up. And so what does he do? He panics. He gets a bad case of the worries. I wonder what happened to Titus. I wonder if the, if the Corinthian Christians turned on him. I wonder if they beat him up. I wonder if they fed him to the lions in Rome. Or what? And so he doesn't know, and, and he gets really worried And so what does he do? He panics, he leaves Troas, and he goes searching for for Titus. But on the road, apparently, as he's walking along, something took over. And I think it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And someplace along that road, while he's looking for Titus, suddenly... He just got caught up in thanksgiving. So what does he say? But thanks be unto God who always leads us into his triumph in Christ. 
And you know there are times in our lives in which our triumph doesn't work out very well. You know, we have these ups and downs, right? We have some setbacks in, in some area. It might be financially or it might be physically or some particular area. We have setbacks. Paul had a setback here. Well, what happened? He started thinking. He got back into the flow of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And what happened? The sweet aroma of the knowledge of Jesus returns, comes back into his life. And then he goes on another place and he says, We are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. What an incredible thing. Thanksgiving is an incredible, incredible thing that brings a flow. It brings us into the will of God. Paul might have stepped out of the will of God in panic, looking for Titus on the highway, when a wide-open door for him was there in, in Troas. And then suddenly, boom, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Sorry, I forgot. I'm, I'm going to get back into the flow again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want us to understand that Thanksgiving is an incredible blessing. Thanksgiving is the, is, the, is the simplest means by which we can walk in God's will. It's the simplest means in which we can acknowledge our dependence upon Jesus. You know, Jesus, Jesus lived totally dependently upon the Father. And last time I was here, we looked at a few passages of Scripture where Jesus was just heavily involved in thanksgiving. Before he's, you know, he's breaking the bread and feeding the multitude. Thank you, Jesus, or thank you, Father, thank you, Father. This flow of thanksgiving just came through him. And Paul, we find, jumps right back in. And what happens? He moves into the flow of the will of the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, we're going to look at another verse real quickly, and that's in Philippians chapter 4. Some of you may have, may have uh, memorized this verse because it's in an incredible section. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul writes here, Be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then what does he say? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding or all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul tells the Philippian church here that thanksgiving does an incredible thing. He says, when we pray, you know, we might be praying about a request. We have a request about some particular area. We might be concerned about it. But how do we leave it? In Jesus' name, amen? Paul says, no. Say, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for how you're going to work this through. No matter what the results are, thank you, Father. We're going to commend it, commend it into your hands, 
and say thank you. And what does he say the result is? And the peace of God, you know, peace is exact opposite of worry. And the peace of God, which, which surpasses all comprehension, does what? It guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So thanksgiving is an incredible thing. It's an incredible gift that God has given to us. And I just want to encourage you. You know, you may have some, you may have some areas that you're concerned about, that you're worry, worried about. Worry is kind of a natural thing. But worry can cripple us. It can, it can cause us to just stop in our tracks. Or like, like Paul, it could cause us to panic and leave something that's really good and head out because we're overcome by worry and head out looking for Titus. So what do we do? We just say, oh, God, sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And when we start thanking him, what happens? A flow from the heart of the Father begins to take off. Just an incredible flow. And there's peace that flows into us. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You know, I've had a couple of times in which Sharon's been off on some type of errand, and I expect her back. And, uh, you know, she's not back at a certain period of time. And what do I do? I think, oh, God, Toronto is a terrible place to drive in. It's just crazy. I, I, you know, she's probably been in a car accident. She's, she's, she's probably, probably in the hospital. You know, all the what-ifs. Any of you ever get caught up in a bad case of the what-ifs? Yeah, we do that from time to time. Yeah, then I turn my thoughts toward the Father, and I say, Father, you know, I, I don't know why Sharon's late, but uh, thank you. Thank you that your hand's on her. Yes. Your hand is on her for the good. And suddenly, boom, peace comes roaring back into my soul. And that's what Thanksgiving does. So I just want to encourage you to let Thanksgiving be your closest friend. And just just move into the reality of that, that flow of Thanksgiving. And say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, Sharon and I are at a very interesting stage in our life. We're getting to that time in which, uh, in which most people retire, and they ride off into the La La Land on their Harley. Yeah, <laughs> and worry everybody else. <laughs> Or at that stage in life, you know, and sudden, suddenly it's kind of like your finances, that flow of money that you've had all your life from work starts dwindling. Well, you know, we, we have a choice. We have a choice. What do we do? Do we, do we say, oh, God, oh, God, you know, we've got X number of years potentially 
until we go to be with you. Oh, I don't know if there's going to be enough money to go around. Now, I don't want that to rob me. I don't want those thoughts to rob me. I would rather be in a position which, in which, like the Father has said, have you ever missed a meal that you didn't want to? Have you ever had to sleep under a bridge yet? No, I haven't, I've never had to sleep under a bridge yet. Haven't I taken care of you all your life? Yes. He said, well, just, just live there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You've, you've faithfully supplied all of our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And suddenly, flowing into my soul, that incredible sense of God's peace. Because I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a sweet aroma of the knowledge of Jesus. For the rest of my life. How does it come about? It comes about through just simply walking in thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Just as we close, what I'd like you to do is just let the Holy Spirit bring something to mind like, like, Paul was experiencing here. Just what are you worried about? What's that major thing of concern that you have? What's the thing that you're wrestling with? And I'd like you to just basically take it right out of your heart, right out of your mind, and place it before him. Let's just stretch our hands out and just place that thing right before him. Wow. And just say, Father, I have no idea what you're going to do to alleviate or take care of this situation. But I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. You're faithful. You're faithful. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're so faithful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Precious Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just thank him. Thank you. Thank you you for what you're going to do. I commit this area to you with thanksgiving. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to be doing. Praise your name. That I can trust my life into your hands totally with thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Now turn to the person next to you, look right in their eyes, and say, It's going to be all right.
because my Father is faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's a good word.